It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. I don't care how commercial this song is. I love it. Puts the pep right in my step. It makes you happy about life. That's makes, right. This song makes me want to go outside and have a warm, sunny day. And, and it's roller not skate. That. As soon as Pharrell does, Pharrell can do that falsetto on anything. I'm in. (laughs) Beautiful. I just want you to know. All right. (laughs) Anything. Doesn't matter. Love me some Pharrell. Uh, Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. And I'll tell you another huge Pharrell fan coming up right now. The great Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN NFL draft analyst. Good morning, Mel. Good to be with you guys. What's up, Mel? <laughs> I'm doing a great job. Keyshawn's trying to aggravate me yesterday. Key's all over the, the Drake London, not going to the Jets. So I adjusted the things and made a trade to get him away from the Jets at nine. So that was all for Key's purposes. Uh, well, no, I just I'm looking for him to do the smart thing and get a receiver. They haven't drafted a receiver in the first round since me. <laughs> <laughs> but at 10, it may not be one. You have to see uh, Drake London goes at 9 if that trade does occur. Or he goes a little earlier. I thought about him to Carolina. Jamison Williams coming off the knee. You're not going to take him that early. And Garrett Wilson could possibly be in play from Ohio State. So, okay, you could maybe get a receiver uh, at 10, but uh, it's gonna, you're going to need some luck with London. And do they want to take, a little? I would say, a little reach, but not much for Garrett Wilson. He's a heck of a receiver, so they could go that route. Yeah, no, that's true. What in this mock draft? What is it in this new mock draft that will surprise most people, including yourself? Um, I think that trying to figure out a spot for the quarterbacks wasn't surprising. I think people would be surprised that there was no trade involving a quarterback. But you saw what happened with Mac Jones last year. He was the one quarterback that kind of fell to New England in their lap. They didn't have to trade up. The super talented quarterbacks they were trading up to get, okay? There's not that guy. Now, you could say, well, Malik Willis. But, you know, could he be there at 20? He could for the Steelers. You go by the oh, – they always say the GMs, trust your rankings, right? Well, Kenny Pickett's at 19. Malik Willis is at 20. And, uh, and Matt Corral's at 27 in terms of my rankings right now. So, for a team to trade up for a quarterback like that based on rankings – Maybe not. Pickett, if he's there at 11, would make sense for Washington. Uh, People may be surprised, Key, to answer your question, that some guys who got big publicity, they were talked about a lot, have dropped maybe a little further. George Karloftis from Purdue, defensive end at 24. You see, you know, even a guy like N'Kobe Dean, linebacker Georgia, down at 22. Uh, So Derek Stingley Jr., down at 12. Thibodeau dropping to five. So some of those big-name players dropped maybe a little further than you would have thought maybe back in September, October. Now, that the, when the Giants start to evaluate the quarterback spot, right, and they take a look at Daniel Jones, and maybe he doesn't miss Trubisky as they start to look in free agency. Maybe he doesn't go there. Would it be a surprise, though, at, at all, Mel, if they just decided, hey, man, you know what? Um, I'm, I don't like what I see in, in the early part of things, workouts or whatever it is. Let's, let's take a flyer. Or drafting a quarterback? 
You know, I don't think so. I think, you know, Daniel Jones has shown he can be a good quarterback in this league if he ever gets a little help, if he can, he can ever get some good luck on the injury front, uh, whether it was Barkley staying healthy for the year, the O-line coming together, the receivers being on the field at the same time and then catching the ball and being healthy. Um, yeah, I think with Kafka and with Dayball, uh, they go a year with Daniel Jones. Use these picks. If it has to be defense, fine. If, it, if they want to take an offensive player, they possibly could. That would be a left tackle like Charles Cross from Mississippi State. I went defense with Thibodeau and then Devin Lloyd. And Devin Lloyd's an all-around great player. He can get after the quarterback. He can get after the quarterback from multiple uh, spots on the field. He can catch. He can intercept passes. He's great, great ball skills. Uh, plays like almost a safety linebacker. So he's a dynamic. I think he's a Devin White type who was a great player at LSU and is a great player now with Tampa Bay. And then Thibodeau at five, the pass rusher, the edge guy they need with Ojolari coming on as well. So I would go. I would have no problem going defense with both picks uh, unless you want to force it a little bit with an offensive tackle. Well, or, Mel, you said you considered, and I like this idea better than getting, as a Giants fan, a non like if it's if it's Micah Parsons, I get it. But if it's not someone like that, you got to address the line. And Linderbaum, he has the highest PFF grade at the position ever, ever coming out of college. That's a difference maker. Is it just an issue of not taking a center that high up because it would lock down a very important weakness for the Giants, wouldn't it? You could. Uh, Max, I have no issue with Linderbaum. Uh, you know, Linderbaum, Nick Mangold, you know what he meant to the Jets. We've seen it with Alex Mack went, uh, you know, Bradbury went. So, but this high uh, is a rarity. Uh, Linderbaum, who was a former defensive tackle, starter, uh, you know, wrestler, baseball player, shot putter in high school, great player for Kirk Ferentz, no doubt about it. Uh, Ivan going 10 to the, to the New York Jets, uh, who would be an anchor that they would love in front of Zach Wilson. It'd be enough to pair those two together for a long, long time. Uh, you know, so I would have no issue with it. Linderbaum's ranking is right around 10 as well. So if you take him at 7, I just believe it's 7, Max, and, and Key and Will, Jay, Will, you take a guy at 7 in your top 5. But, so, you get but a guy you don't at 5 the, in your top 3. But, Mel, you don't have any offensive um, linemen going to the Giants. They have two top 10 picks, and they haven't fixed it in forever, right? Like, I get if, if Neal is gone and, and, and Iquanu is gone, but you're maybe not get a tackle because Andrew Thomas is doing very well, actually, at this point. But no one on the O-line in the top? Well, you think picks? about Teron Armstead. Think about Orlando Brown. I can go one on some of the offensive tackles that didn't go yeah. in the first round have done very well, yeah. uh, better than some of the ones. So the, the draft doesn't end after round one or after the top ten. So they have picks that they can address, a 36. They have the two-thirds. So there's opportunities out there, free agency as well. There's some pretty good names out there mm-hmm. that could there be are. hole fillers. And let's face it, guys, Charles Cross is a left tackle. To say it's automatically moving to the right side. Well, okay, he was in a pass happy offense where they very rarely ran the ball. So again, I think you got to look at who's the best fit for your team. And there could be a guy, like I said, as you can get down the line just a bit. And there are some offensive tackles. And I'll give you some names of guys that are intriguing as you get down there. Tyler Smith from Tulsa is a guy. Certainly, Matt Willetsko from North Dakota. Okay, so I think Luke Tenuta from Virginia Tech. There's other tackles, and there's some guys that you can protect. In Zach Tom was a tackle center at Wake Forest. So there's you can be kind of creative uh, Zion Johnson guard play a tackle guards will be a center in the NFL so you can take some guys who didn't necessarily play the position then move them inside so there's ways to fix an offensive line or improve an offensive line beyond the top 10 picks of round one mm. Dylan e- Parham or someone like that yeah ESPN yes. NFL draft analyst and football extraordinaire Mel Kuyper joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max Mel, I, I do have to ask you why do you believe the Steelers will go with Malik Willis as their successor to Big Ben well, super talented, Jay. I mean, he is a gifted quarterback from a talent standpoint. What can he do physically, athletically? Great arm, rocket arm, 
you saw him in his senior bowl. He was about the 40-yard line, and they had one of those deals at the end of the first quarter. You had to treat it like it's the, you got one play left. And he, uh, he almost ran it in. Oh, he's just going to run. Why is he running? Well, he almost ran it in. Chad uh, Muma from Wyoming made a tackle at the five-yard line, or he scores. So he's got that ability uh, to, to beat you at, with his legs and his arm. Now, he did have some, some subpar games against some weak opponents. Three interceptions against Middle Tennessee State and Louisiana Monroe. First five games, he was great. End of the year, he struggled with some interceptions. A lot of that was forcing things, making some, some uh, trying to create things that weren't there. Uh, he needed to. He had to. So what's the difference? He throw an interception, so be it. So I didn't hold some of that against him, but I think he needs a little bit of time. We're Pickett, a 24-year-old rookie with 50 career starts. That's why Washington, Ron Vivera may go that route. And then would Willis fall in the lap of the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20? Todd McShay, Todd had the Steelers moving up to get Willis. I had him falling to, to Pittsburgh. With New Orleans looking at other opportunities that, to get a quarterback that can improve what they had since the days of Drew, Drew Brees, which seems like a long time ago that Drew was the quarterback. Hadn't been that long. But, you know, Jameis is off the injury. He's got options. So we'll have to see what New Orleans does. But uh, – uh, I think the Steelers could maybe see Willis there at 20, and if they love him, move up five, six spots to get him. You would think that Kenny Pickett or the Pittsburgh Steelers have a lot of intel on Kenny Pickett considering they right. share the same building. Did you consider at all trading up for the Steelers to grab a Kenny Pickett and, and uh, you know, saying to themselves, okay, we got all the intel, let's let's move up and get him. Long way to go, 20. Uh, yeah, they'd have to get inside of 11. And uh, don't discount Atlanta at 8 and Denver at 9. Uh, we have to see what they do uh, at quarterback. Atlanta passed on the young quarterback last year to take Kyle Pitts. Denver hasn't been able to ever figure it out. It seems like it doesn't matter if they go veteran or they go rookie. It hadn't worked for Denver. But they certainly could in that division. They've got to do something. You, gotta be, you can't be the fourth in the division in terms of quarterback and have any shot. And they're, they're fourth by a wide margin now. So if Pittsburgh wants to move up, they're going to have to go up pretty far. Could they? Sure. Mark Whipple, you know, you think of a coached, you know, Kenny Pickett. He's now at Nebraska, but he has ties to the Steelers, and he's a great quarterback coach and coordinator, did a lot with Kenny Pickett. So, yeah, if the Steelers want to get Kenny Pickett, they would have to move up significantly to do it. Mm. Linderbaum, Mel Kuyper Jr., Linderbaum, Giants, not Jets. Come on, let's make it happen. The great <laughs> Mel Kuyper Jr., ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate you as always, Always Mel. a pleasure, guys. All right, Mel. See you, man. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. And back to someone I used to talk to every day about the NBA. Without Anthony Davis, Max keeps saying Russell Westbrook is going to turn on the switch. He hasn't done it yet. I don't know when Max is going to give up on that. It's going to probably rely on... You know, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and hopefully you get Davis back, um, you know, within the next month here. All the things that everybody said could be the problems for this team have happened. But guess what? The team is way worse than I would have expected. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance and John Ireland, Lakers radio voice and host of Mason in Ireland, an L.A. institution. On 710 ESPN LA is with us. What's up, John? Good morning, boys. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. Who you calling, boy? What's, What's up, up, John? He's calling me, boy. Key, how are you, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm okay, Key. I'm, I'm going to be a jerk, though, and tell you it's going to be 82 degrees in LA today. You know, I, I just, I just spent a lot of time out there, and I'll be back. So don't worry. Good, hey, John. I heard you were on the good. golf course today. I'm, I'm going, Jay. I, 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 I told Evan I would I would do you guys, and then I'm heading out right after this. 
You know what's unfair about what you about mocking us this way? Jay has lived in L.A. You know I did, John. We used to do crosstalk <laughs> every day, Mason and Ireland, Max and Marcellus, on 710 ESPN back in the day. So you know what it is to come from the East Coast and for someone to realize, oh, look at this. I've quit the rat race. Look at me, how I'm living. And then I got sucked back in, and you're rubbing it right in my face. Yeah, I, for, I forgot that, Jay, you were out here too, so all three of you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, that was that was a jerk move for me to even mention yeah. the temperature. I'll tell you, oh, it's all right. What, it's 20 degrees. Evan sent me a text. It's about 15 where you guys are at night. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. These guys, like that. they live in the cold, man. It's ridiculous. Well, at least there's uh, supposed to be some cold rain coming up in the fourth. <laughs> hey, uh, John, how concerned – like, where are you right now on the Lakers? Well, it's been a disappointing year, Max, obviously. You guys know that, that when the Lakers have drama, the city kind of stops. And that game the other night, Jay, I saw you on Get Up. I, I thought you assessed it perfectly. It, it, it's the first time all season that, for whatever reason – Effort was an issue. They've played hard all year. LeBron has been, at his age, unbelievable, the numbers he's putting up. But the other night, they were turning the ball over early. They turned it over 16 times in the first half. And for the first time all season, um, the, the fans noticed, the media noticed, even the players noticed, Westbrook talked about it after the game, that New Orleans just played harder than they did. It looked like they were playing at two different speeds. So I'm very. We we played Dallas tonight, guys. Luca's in town, and Luca's really, really hot. He's playing like a first team All NBA guy, and uh, they're going to need to play much harder tonight if they're going to stop him. So there's there's all eyes on the Lakers tonight after what happened on Sunday. So, John, I I was up late that night, and I started seeing some of these videos surface on Twitter of LeBron, Trevor Ariza, Russell Westbrook all these guys chirping back at fans in the stands uh, at crypto.com arena. What do you, what do you think that says about where the Lakers are right now? It's a byproduct of everything that's gone wrong, Jay. I I mean, somebody slipped me a note yesterday that at the start of the season in Las Vegas, both the money, the most money and the most people were on the Lakers to come out of the West and make the finals. Mm. And now they're sitting in ninth place, and they're closer to 12th than they are to 8th. And they're hearing it. They're hearing it from the fans, even inside their own building. They're hearing it from the media. And and I just think everybody is kind of teetering on edge. Yeah, I've seen that happen. I I mean, you you guys have all been in, in NBA arenas, and, Jay, you've been on the court. I've seen that happen in road cities. Uh, You don't see it a lot happening at home, but it's just a byproduct of the fact that that this team has struggled all year long. And that game two nights ago, the one you're talking about, was the worst game of the season. They had a a blowout loss in Denver that was similar, but this was at home to a 12th-place team, and it wasn't close. And and I think somebody probably popped off behind the bench, and these guys have been taking a just torrent of criticism, and I think they finally just lost it. John? I remember talking to John Ireland, Lakers radio voice, host of Mason and Ireland on 710 ESPN LA. I was in town. That was I got there for the Kobe, Pow, Dwight Howard, Steve Nash team, right? And, right. and that team was not going to make the playoffs. They were supposed to win the whole thing that year. They weren't even going to make the playoffs until essentially Kobe staged a mutiny and was like, oh, I, I got to just take over this offense and played himself 40-plus minutes a game and willed them into the playoffs. They had this great stretch toward the end of the year. But I remember saying on the air at the time, 
D'Antoni's got to sit Kobe because at his age, he can have a catastrophic injury. And sure enough, that's what happened, right? So he got them to the playoffs, but had to sacrifice his leg in the process. Don't do that. What I'm asking about this team right now is, is there, is there any inclination for LeBron to try to, to, to drag this team in and concern that in so doing at his age, he can put himself at risk. Well, it's a good question, and first of all, Max, I would argue that it's already happening. If you if you look at his minutes and the numbers he's putting up, he's doing that now. He's, he's similar to what Kobe did in the year you're talking about. Guys, nobody at this age ever, not Jordan, not Wilt, not Kobe, ever has put up the numbers that LeBron's putting up. It's stunning. If the Lakers were any good, um, he'd be in the MVP conversation. And because the Lakers have struggled so much, and Jay, I don't know if you've gone over this, but it's going to be one of the hardest years ever to pick first-team All-NBA. Yep. LeBron, in any other year, even on a losing team, would deserve it. But he's probably going to lose out in a numbers game because you can't leave Embiid out. You can't leave Giannis out. You can't leave DeRozan out. you got to make room for Steph. you got to make room for Ja. And I haven't even said the names Jokic and Luka yet. And, and, but Max, he's doing that now. And in terms of whether or not he's going to um, – that's going to result in an injury, uh, who knows? But I'll say this. I've never seen a guy spend more time and money on his body than LeBron. And I've been doing this 25 years. Um, the guy is a physical freak. He works out every day, every night. Uh, Mike Mancius, his trainer, is with him all the time. And, and I think he's better conditioned to take on those minutes and take on that load the, the, the side question to what you asked, Max, is, is it going to do any good? I mean, the Lakers have lost five out of six. Um, they're struggling, and we play Dallas tonight. The Clippers on Thursday were 0-3 against the Clippers. Golden State on Saturday were 0-2 against them. And then we go back out on the road. They have 22 games left, and 14 of those are road games. So I would imagine if the Lakers are, are right there where they are now, like hanging on to a spot in the play-in tournament, they're going to continue to do this and run through LeBron. But if not, if they were to go through a losing streak, then I think that, that they would probably back it off. But I'm not sure if that answers your question. But, I, I mean, he's doing this no, every does. night and has been for a month. John, how surprised would you be if LeBron decided he wanted out? He wanted to take his show back on the road? I, I'd be surprised he only because he's moved his life here. His kids like it here. His wife likes it here. Um, he's got a good but despite what you've been reading you know over the past week or so he's got a good relationship with the lakers he's got a good relationship with genie bus i i think that if ad gets healthy and lebron and ad can kind of get back to where they were in the bubble you know the guys they just won a title 19 months ago hmm. i think he would play out the next year of his contract they have him under contract for one more year now having said that he it's a player's league you just saw it happen with harden if a player wants to move they move but it would surprise me. Um, everything I know about LeBron, about Clutch's relationship with the Lakers, and, and about how much he and his family likes it here, it would surprise me if he left. What, what about Frank Vogel? Is he out after this season? I know you don't want to fire a coach, but what are the chances right. he returns? Uh, it, it's I, I This is kind of what we talk about on our show, and you guys both have shows out here, so you know that they want to fire everybody the minute the Lakers lose two games in a row. It's, it's not the coach. I mean, there isn't a coach in the world that would tell the team to throw the passes that the Lakers threw the other night. Oh, and God. Jay, 
Wait, I was hey, those telling. Are those, hey, those John, are those highlights you were talking wait, about. So I, was bad. Telling, I was telling Jay about the one that LeBron threw, in in Dwight Howard got fouled, but LeBron threw it. If he didn't get fouled, that thing was in the third row. Oh, and and Key, they threw a couple in the third row. DeAndre <laughs> Jordan, who they ended up releasing after the game, threw a ball. I, I would say 15 feet over Malik Monk's head. He was throwing. And, he and, was running the route and, and into the court, <laughs> into the courtside seats. It was, it was these turnovers were as bad as I can remember. And I was the sideline guy for 10 years, and I've been the play-by-play guy for 11 years. They they tied their season high in turnovers with 23, but Jay, these turnovers were were awful. I mean, like throwing the ball deep to a guy when there were two defenders back, basically throwing it up for grabs. You know, throwing wraparound passes on the baseline into the second row, that's not Frank Vogel. But he, having said that, you know, we've all been around sports long enough to know that there's consequences when you're supposed to finish first and you're, you're in ninth or tenth place. So I'm a big Frank Vogel guy. I'm a big fan of his. I said at the start of the year, if, if Vogel can get this team to play the defense that he likes to play and LeBron and AD could stay healthy, they're going to be really good, and neither one of those things have happened. AD's been hurt all year, and the defense has been the biggest problem they have. And so, Key, I, I don't think it looks good for Frank. I'm rooting for him because I like him. Uh, but I would, I would say, unless the Lakers go on a surprise run late here, that it's a coin flip whether or not he's back next year. John Ireland, when I say Rob Palenka, what do you say? Well, I, I think he's a little bit, Jay, he, he operates – kind of in the shadows he doesn't do a lot of interviews operates behind the scenes um i think that he's got a really good relationship with ownership um because he you know was kobe's agent for all those years so he's got a good relationship with genie he's got a good relationship with kurt rambis who has a lot of sand with our team and and so i think he is well liked in our front office and um he got us his fingerprints were all over that title. I, I thought our team was going to fall apart after the Kobe tragedy and, and after some other things that happened. And, and he gets a lot of credit for keeping that whole thing together. Now the spotlight's on him to see if he can get out of this again. Um, he was a magician, Jay, if you remember when he first got here. I don't know how he got out of the Timofey Mozgov contract. I don't know how he got out of the Luol Deng contract. But he did, and they won a title within two years. It's going to be a major, major win for him if he can do it again. Um, but that's the challenge. He doesn't do a lot publicly, so it, it's hard to get a read on on what he's up to. Um, but a lot of people are wondering, okay, he did it once. Can he do it again? John Ireland, ladies and gentlemen, check him out on Mason in Ireland. Weekdays on 710 ESPN and, of course, the voice of the Lakers. Thanks, John. Anytime, boys. Have a great day. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. 
See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I probably took the loss super hard maybe like the first week after the split decision loss in MMA. I didn't go back into boxing like, oh, I got to redeem myself from that loss. I came back into boxing like, I'm the greatest woman of all time, and now I'm about to come back and show these girls because they may feel like, oh, she lost to MMA. She's down. She's sad. She's depressed. She can't train. And it was like, no. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, and we are joined now by Clarissa Shields, two-time Olympic gold medalist, WC and WBO super welterweight champion, junior middleweight champion, same thing. And what you just heard was an excerpt from the fourth and final episode of Clarissa Shields, a four-part ESPN Plus original series, debut the season finale today. The series follows Clarissa's quest to become the greatest two-sport athlete of all time, simultaneously maintaining her dominance in boxing while making her debut in mixed martial arts. And who would be better to kick off Women's History Month than the greatest woman of all time boxer? Is that right, Clarissa? Are we sure about that? Because Savannah Marshall has been talking some some stuff, Clarissa. Yeah. How you doing, Max? How are um, you? I'm good. You know, being the greatest woman of all time don't have nothing to really do with um, people who haven't accomplished as much. I mean, she's a hater. That's all she is. But, um, you know, I don't turn down no smoke. Just got back from the U.K. two weeks ago. Won my, won my return back to boxing after MMA. And uh, won it unanimously. Almost got a knockout a couple times. But... Um, yeah, we have to go all the way to the UK to let Savannah Marshall know that we want smoke, you know, so she should be next on the list long as she wins April 2nd. So it sounds like you really want to get at her real bad, huh? I want to get at any girl real bad that want to fight me. <laughs> how, how, uh, how does a decision on the, the split decision on the MMA affect your approach to preparation for the next boxing fight, which I'm assuming is Savannah? No, I I lost uh, my split decision in May match in October. Or it was October, yeah. And then I just fought February 5th in boxing against uh, Emma Cozen. That was 21-0, 11 knockout. And I beat her unanimously. So my return to boxing was beautiful. It was great. It was my best performance to date. And uh, Savannah Marshall was there ringside watching because she knows what she's in for. And she wanted to see was the hype real. And, yes, the hype is real. And, uh She's scared now. 
Well, we are on uh, <laughs> radio, so you can't say one of those words. Oh. They're going to have to dub it. But, uh, uh, but Clarissa, say it again. My bad, my bad. That's what I said. So, so meantime, Savannah was there ringside and claimed to be unimpressed. What when you watch her? If I'll tell you, like, listen, when I was a kid. The Brits were tough, but the Americans always beat them. But that changed over time. Like, they are as good as anybody, including us. And when I watch Savannah, she's tall, she's rangy. She looked good to me. She looks like she poses a problem for you or anyone. When you look at her, Clarissa, what do you see? I don't think that no woman posed no problem for me. You know, I think that I go into camp differently than I went into camp when I was 17. Um. You're referring to the amateur at, fight you lost to her, but she also acknowledges you're both very different at this point. We're both very different, and something she needs to acknowledge also is that I've gotten better and she's gotten worse. That's how I became two-time Olympic champion. I wasn't two-time Olympic champion when she beat me. It was my first international tournament, actually, at the age of 17, 10 years ago. I turned 27 in three weeks, just in case you didn't know. But at the age of 17, I only had a... 20-something, 24 fights, Mm -hmm. you know, so now to end my career, you know, my amateur career was 77 wins and one loss. It was like between that 25th fight and that 77th fight, what happened? Two gold medals. In my life. In the Olympics. Two Olympic medals, three world championships, which is actually harder than the Olympics, Mm -hmm. a Pan Am game, and now I turn pro, and I'm doing just as great. You know, and you can't say the same about that for Savannah Marshall. Like, you know, I got my hand raised over girls that beat Savannah Marshall. And so, that's all that matters. You know, but I would have loved to fight against Marshall again, but she wasn't good enough to make it to the finals to where she could have seen me at. Even the semifinals, she wasn't good enough. Yeah, wow. I mean, you be, you going to have them shook out there for sure, it sounds like to me. What's the difference in your prep when you prepare for an MMA fight? opposed to a boxing match. What's the big difference? I try to have the same mentality, you know, like just to train very, very hard and be and be focused and diet well and just be, you know, just be away from my family and stuff to make sure that I can focus. But on the other end, MMA training, you know, I train three, four, five times a day working on all the mixed martial arts from, you know, the boxing to the jujitsu to the wrestling you know, to just the MMA sparring and just specifics of working on takedown defense or going for takedowns, stuff like that. So I spend a lot of time, you know, six to seven hours a day when I'm getting ready for an MMA fight. You know, compared to boxing, it's more of my home and I, I more know what I'm doing. So I still train about four hours a day, you know, when I'm getting ready for a boxing match. But sometimes, I don't know, just something in me makes me want to work harder. So sometimes those four hours turn into six or turn into eight. And uh, and my coaches sometimes have to tell me, hey, Chris, you need to, you know, save some for the fight. Clarissa, like real quick, just a little taste of what we're going to see in the final installment of your four-part ESPN Plus original series. Oh, man. Um, you're going to see in the final episode that, you know, when you're a hard worker, you really take losing hard. You know, I, I took the loss very, very hard. You're going to see me have a little tantrum, I guess. But you're going to see how hard I worked in camp. You know, how I felt like I checked every box. You know, and um, you're just going to see that, how I bounce back. 
you know, from that loss, the the MMA split decision loss, how I bounced back and how I came straight back to boxing, got right back in the camp. And I didn't sit there and dwell in it. But, you know, losing, anybody who loses and doesn't feel bad about their dreams, you know, feeling like you got derailed, it's something wrong with them. Everybody should have a – everybody should be sad or or angry about them working hard towards something and then it not going to plan, you know. And if you're not mad, maybe that's not really what you wanted. But I was devastated when I lost. But um, I was able to pick myself back up and get right back to work because I'm still looking at the big picture. And even though, you know, I was really mad about the split decision loss, it's like, you know what, I improved. I got better in MMA, and I still have more work to do in MMA and more work to do in boxing. So that's what I'm going to keep doing. Don't forget you can watch the fourth and final episode of Clarissa Shields, which will debut the season finale today on ESPN+. Thanks, Clarissa, and best of luck. All right, Clarissa. Yeah, thank you, guys. Clarissa Shields, ladies and gentlemen, two-time Olympic gold medalist and undefeated multiple belt world she, champion she talked that stuff though no she she backs it up too <laughs> a 52 point night in the nba has vaulted a budding superstar to the top of the mvp race that's next Keyshawn j will and max on espn radio and sirius xm channel 80 Keyshawn j will and max the podcast we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there but if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods fruit eggs yogurt and waffles and really who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight La Quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at LQ.com Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. So, guys, a game I like to play because it helps capture how you think about a certain player is like so-and-so and so-and-so had a baby, and it's this player, right? And the better the parents, the better the player. So, like, LeBron is like Magic and MJ had a baby. It's LeBron James. Or Westbrook is like Kobe and, or once upon a time, it was like Kobe and AI had a baby, right? Something like that. The point is you can make your own combinations. Who is John ja Morant? I'll tell you who I see, and you guys can tell me. I think so it is. I, I automatically go to like AI and Derrick Rose. Isn't that a lot of the similar kind no. of thing, though? What's the difference? No, they're not. One guy was super world athletic ability. Right. Super world athletic ability. Um Another guy, Derrick Rose, had incredible court vision. Don't sleep on that. Incredible court vision. But AI had, like, that swaggy, like, that kind of, like, I can score on anybody. I could take a game over. So did Derrick Rose. But it was, it was just in a different way. And he was smaller. Like, D-Rose, 6'3 and a half. Like, yeah, size-wise, I can see it. feet tall. But, like, I, but to me, he has floaties like MJ. Like, he, can, he gets up in MJ the air. MJ didn't have floaties. Ja, 
What? No, no, no. I'm saying the when he when he jumps. I mean, like the way oh, he floats in the. I don't oh, mean. I don't mean oh, floaters oh, in the lane. Okay, yeah. I'm not floaters. The way he glides, right? glides. The way he glides. Yeah. The way he goes up, and, it, and I mentioned it earlier in the day. Ja goes up, and then he seems to be able to take a step when he's in the air. <laughs> that like as though the air is the ground because it gives him more lift. I, I you know, like so. So I think MJ and then D Rose. I think D Rose is a great one. No, it's, it's, it's Westbrook and Iverson because of the explosiveness and the, the creativity, much like Jay is saying, you can score at will, anybody, and you got that swag. And then he got the bunny hops. Westbrook could jump and explosive as hell. The difference is Ja is under control. Westbrook is just, That's, you know, yeah. he like. So get me yeah, someone yeah. to get him under control. Where's the DNA? Like I, when he first got in the league, I thought. Well, he got more to control DNA from his his – other half in Iverson doesn't uh, mean no. everything comes from Westbrook. Remember that move? Remember that move AI did on Tyler? Yeah. yeah, the one like, when, he, when he stepped over. Yeah, him? yeah. They, the body control. I, I think a, that's interesting. AI and 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 uh, but, that, but that's Westbrook. why. But that's Westbrook why, didn't have the. He didn't. Why you think Ja on his Twitter is telling AI to pass the torch? Yeah, no. He doubt. didn't tell Michael Jordan to pass the torch, yeah. or he didn't tell you know uh, somebody else. He said AI because he looks at himself. As they are. But he he combines a le- like when he first was drafted, I was like Westbrook and like D'Angelo Russell. Not because Russell's so great, but because he's patient and does it with timing and stuff. And 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 Ja is patient and explosive. You know, he's not when you say body control, he also has like a timer in his head. Like he, he has an awareness of things where he's not rushing. He's he's not in a rush. He's he's explosive, Jay, but he is explosive when he wants to be. And, and, and here's where it goes from here, because all, all these oh, – <laughs> oh, Lord. Lord <laughs> we're just watching highlights of Ja <laughs> on SportsCenter, and it's just – I mean, he, he literally tries to dunk over Kevin Love. I mean, he jumped over – the way the way Vince Harder jumped over the guy in the Olympics, that's what Ja Fred tried Vice, to do. Yeah. yeah, tried to do to Kevin Love when they played against but the Cavs. But the difference is that's a game. <laughs> that's a game. Well, Vince did it in the game, too. Oh, was it? I yeah, it was, it was an NBA game. game. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, see, it's funny. We were also having this conversation about who do you think Ja's biggest rival is. And I, I, I said, I think it's Steph Curry, guys. Like it, And I don't know if it's for Steph Curry yet because Steph Curry's always been at the highest level. He's been doing this for a while. Everybody yeah. has Steph and LeBron kind of going at each other. But I'm telling you, for, for Ja Morant, it's Steph Curry. Because last year when they got him out of the play-in tournament, like you could tell he wanted that. He wanted that more than anything. This year when they played against him multiple times, like it was always – at the forefront of their mind, they have something to prove against that team. So, like, for me, it's, it's interesting as we move forward and he's having all these highlights, their ability to sustain this type of play. And if that matchup happens, oh, Lord, that, that's like a basketball gift from the guys. I'll know about it being a rivalry when I start seeing it during the regular the season. No, during the regular season when it's on, like, ESPN or TNT, that's when you're going to know. Okay, but you know what, guys? I'm going back point. to MJ again for a second. First, his rival was Dominique Wilkins, right? But Dominique really was not on, on that. Oh, Dominique was a great player, but he wasn't yeah. that. Then it was Clyde Drexler. It didn't work out. Then Magic and him linked up in the playoffs. It was over as soon as you could blink. Well, and Magic was over. Late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we were but, already done. I get it. But, but in the end, he didn't really have a rival. And when I survey the landscape, the one dude I see who has every offensive thing you can want, who's, who's like an, but he's more of an off guard, though he can play the point, is Devin Booker. Like you know, Steph is not really his contemporary. Steph is older, but Booker is in that same age frame, more or less. A little older, but more or less. Donovan Mitchell, a little, little small, maybe, a little short, right? Because yeah, no, I mean he ain't 
that much shorter. Well, well John's Donovan like Mitchell? 6'3", Mitchell's like 6'1", right? No, John's so like 6'2". Oh, yeah, is he? John's like 6'2". Okay. Yeah, they're around the same size. Yeah. Mitch John. is Mitchell's just thicker. A bigger. Yeah, yeah, bigger. yeah, yeah. Maybe that makes like, more, John looks He looks longer. like a running yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's more. That, that would be good. Devin Booker, I guess. I don't really know if there is. I mean, there are guys that can go for sure. But it's just, I mean, have any of those guys been in the MVP conversation? But Jamal, no, but Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell put on a show in the Mitchell first round ever, of the playoffs I'd never seen before. Donovan Mitchell was in the conversation a couple years ago. Yeah, a couple years ago, right? In, Donovan Mitchell, and not in the MVP, but in the playoffs in the bubble when everyone was shooting the lights out, yeah, right? Yeah, he came on. Mitchell and, 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 and Murray were going 50 points with no yeah, turnovers yeah. every other night, the two of them. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen Jamal Murray. I was about to say, does he still play? Wow, yeah. I mean, just <laughs> Sleep on Jamal Murray, though, because one thing is, Jokic was already not at this good. He's already really good, and Murray was clearly the best player on that team. Oh, I agree. I mean, plus also when you have Jokic involved, the way Jokic can shoot that thing and, and be a playmaker in pick and rolls. I mean, it makes it pretty devastating to try to guard that. Could even though they're not the same. One dude is eight feet tall and can shoot and dribble and do everything. Could Luca be? Yeah, yeah. Could, I oh, think oh, that's oh, it. Oh, oh, that rival some, in rival. terms of. Memphis, Dallas, star power. Yeah. Who's the best player in the yeah, league? Who's the, the I think that's player. what it comes down to. I think it's Luka or Ja. It's a great comparison. Yeah. And by the way, I think I take Ja, and he's half a foot shorter. Luka's an MVP know. conversation. Yeah. Is, by the way. We I watched that, that dude play the other night. I don't know if I'm taking – I like Ja, and it's cool. He can dunk on everybody and do all the acrobatic stuff. But that big old dude, yeah. 77. Luka's insane. He looked like a 77. Yeah, man. He, he, the way he passes the ball, and man, the way pass he moves, the ball, man. the way he moves, he. Melo going to get into this at any point. He's Mello the closest ball? thing to Braun. Yeah, he is. Mello, yeah, a better yeah. jumper. Mello will get at his into age, it. Yep. He'll get into it when he leaves Charlotte. But basically, Luca is Braun minus some athletic it. ability. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.